Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, we'll be talking about the Watford match that is coming up this Saturday, but I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Ren and Chronicle to have a chat about it. How are you doing, James? Yeah, good, thanks, Paul. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. It was... Uh, unsurprisingly quite a dull closure to the window but there was one mm. signing yep uh, thank you very much for leaving me to try and pronounce it uh <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the chelsea bloke i think we'll, we'll call him for um <laughs> cassidy 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 i mean we spoke to him today and he did say his name however he spoke very fast in italian uh so might have missed it but i think it's cassidy uh, very young, looks really young. Right, looks looks young, as well as being young. Um, but yeah, it should be an exciting player. Very well thought of at Chelsea, and you know, see how he fares. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, um, not necessarily a signing that fits the mould of previous uh, Paul Ince and Mark <laughs> Bone signings, but we're not going to delve into that one too deeply. But um, we look at what his position is. He can, you know, good in centre midfield. We're desperate for that kind of player who can, like, box to box and link the play and maybe score. He's got a prolific record at youth level. But as we all know, a step up to the championship is a whole different world. Yeah, yeah. Paul Lynch did say today that he's um, sort of hoping to play him in more sort of an advanced sort of 10 role. Um, while him, he, he himself said he can play 6, 8 or 10. So, I mean, he's... He's a very competitive uh, sort of all-action player. He was referred to in, as sort of a, a new Frank Lampard by the, by the Chelsea boys. So um, excited to see whether he can be the next Nathaniel Chalaber. Wow. Yeah, OK. I mean, that's, <laughs> that was the name I wasn't expecting right there. I mean, um, this is going to sound terrible. No disrespect to Nathaniel Chalaber. But um, I'm guessing he's probably wanting to move on even more. His pedigree from the Italian team and from Inter is astonishingly good. The feel he's gone for already. But Italy and Chelsea, it's a it's a link of players that have either been incredibly successful or you just never hear of them again. Let's hope that he's the one that is actually really, really good. But it sounds like... The actual issue for Reading getting players in, which was obvious to anyone who's watched us for the last two years and followed the embargo rules, we just couldn't get any enough players out to get anyone in. 
No, no, they made it pretty obvious they wanted two midfielders. Uh, he said today he was quite disappointed that they couldn't get anyone else over the line, but it was always going to be a struggle. Uh, there, were, there were a couple of players that they were working hard to get out of the first team squad. There were no real takers, and here we are. You know, we've got 25 men, 18 games to go. Let's just get over to that 50 point mark and start planning for next year. Yeah, totally. Um, I guess that's what we have to aim for. I mean, it's a tough game on Saturday against Watford, but it's, it's not one that we can't win. As you've shown, they have been beaten recently by Middlesbrough and by Swansea, teams that are probably better than us. But <laughs> we beat them in the FA Cup. We can do it again, can't we, James? We can do it. I'm um, hoping you're not going to ask me whether we will do it. Uh, but there's no reason why we can't with our home record. Um, it's obviously going to be a much, much different looking Watford team to the one that we played in, in the FA Cup with their, some of their injuries coming back and obviously less of the kids playing. Um, but, you know, Reading shouldn't fear anybody at home. Second best home record in the, in the division. Uh, they could do with a win after the last few weeks. Uh, so hopefully it's Nick and Ernie Gold and don't sit back like they did against QPR, learn from their mistakes and, and go and try and see the game out. Yeah, Watford got the seventh best away record as well. So it's not going to be easy at all. But I mean, Watford have been hit by so many injuries. But I'm not going to get into that because we're going to be having someone from the <laughs> Voices of the Vic podcast talking about all of that and their terrible situation with their parachute payments, I'm sure, and how tough that is, James. <laughs> but, you know, tears are running down my face <laughs> as I'm speaking about it. I'm getting a little violent out. <laughs> but um, just looking at Reading and kind of like what we've got for the rest of the season now, now we know where we are. Is staying up going to be just enough? For, for me, it is. But do you think expectations from the fans are going to be a little bit more than that? They want to see maybe not so defensive. Yeah, I think the expectations are still to stay up. Obviously, we'd like to stay up more comfortably now with the start we've made. But, you know, it's a championship and... And as Paul Wint said today, you know, everybody else pretty much has, has strengthened and we've stood still in this window. So, you know, every game is going to be tough. There's going to be different challenges to, to face. Uh, the style is an interesting point. Obviously, you know, it's it's not a, a good eye, good brand to watch on the eye necessarily very often uh, under Paul Wint. But I think this year is pretty much a free hit and a free pass to by hook or by crook, get the wind and get over the line. And then obviously the summer and next year, in theory, hopefully, he'll have a bit of money you know, and a bit more time to build the squad he wants and go back to this 4-3-3 that he keeps uh, prophesying about as to how he played with his old teams and start to score a few more goals. Yeah, I guess if he's still here in the summer, because you've never known football what's going to happen, it's absolutely impossible to predict. <laughs> yeah. That would be like... I mean, I think this concerns some of our fans. And I can see it, I can understand it, is will Paul Lintz be the right person to take us forward in that window? My thoughts would be is that he's taken us to a better position than when he arrived, considerably. And if he does keep us up, I can't see any reason to get rid of him, to be honest. So he would deserve the summer. Hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. If he keeps us up, then he's done the job that he was asked to do when he came in. And therefore, you can't, you know, you can't get rid of someone for doing the job. You know, they, he's had the worst hand that probably any manager's been dealt with in the Medeski era, um, and he's still managed to, you know, with any luck this year, he could end up finishing higher than than we have done for quite a while. I mean, obviously, we came fourteenth under Mark Bowen. 
I'd say that's probably about the sort of area where we should be aiming for now. I don't think we should be finishing any lower than 18th, and I'd be very disappointed. Uh, but Steve Clark took us to 17th, Atkins and, and Clark and McDermott and Stam took us to, what, 19th and 20th and 21st. So if he gets above that with less resources, then why shouldn't he be given the summer? Yeah, totally. And I think he's also made a massive difference off the pitch, which I'm sure will come out at some point over the years and we'll find out more about all these different things that have changed since he's been there. But let's get back to the game on Saturday. And yeah, James, I'm going to ask you that dreaded question <laughs> that you tried to avoid. You did a pivot, as Matt yeah. Hancock says. <laughs> you tried to push it away from where it was. How do you think he's going to go on Saturday against the mighty Hornets? Uh, and they're not mighty in any way. <laughs> More mighty than a wasp or a bee, though. So yeah, you wouldn't want to be stung by a hornet, would you? No, no. <laughs> no, that is true. Yeah, good point. Um, on. Rub my beard all over your body. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I'm not too confident. I don't know. I just think we seem to be in a bit of a mini rut at the minute. I'm going to go three-one, um, which will be disappointing. But you know, they're a much stronger team and. We've got games coming up whereby we should be picking up our points. You know, Rotherham, so it's next Tuesday, Valentine's Day. Can't think of anything better than spending Valentine's Day watching Reading versus Rotherham at the Mid at the Midday Stadium. Uh, away to Cardiff three days later. Um, you know, they're another team down in the sort of bottom four, bottom five. So they're the games we need to be targeting. But you know, they could always surprise us with a home record. They can pull out a, pull out a result from somewhere. Yeah, I just want to touch on the Valentine's thing, actually. If there's anyone out there just starting dating and you think there's someone in your life, male, female, whatever it is, and you want a first date, Reading versus Rotherham, get them down there. You know, it can be go one than way or the other. It could be love forever or it could be it can't get any worse than this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I think um, I think yeah, Saturday is going to be tough. They obviously have got some quality players still, despite all the injuries. I'm still I'm feeling a little bit optimistic. I've been more optimistic about this game than others. But then I said that one before we went to Stoke and we got hammered <laughs> four 0 So really, it's pointless. So I'm going to say one all, and yeah, I think we will get a draw because I don't think Watford they're erratic, so we don't know mm. how that one's going to go. So. Thanks a lot, James, uh, yet again. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast for the Watford bit, they will be up in a second with Matt Lansley, with Mike from the Voices from the Vic. So thanks for listening and hope you enjoy the next part. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second part of the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. Um, we are now flipping over to take a bit of a preview, really, um, for the game on Saturday. Um, we've got a brilliant guest from the Voices of the Vic podcast. We've got Mike on to preview Watford. How are you doing, Mike? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, last time we spoke, it was before we won 2 0. Uh, you have beat us since in the FA Cup, and um, yeah, I'm never quite confident going to the Madeski. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this weekend produces. To be honest, yeah, I mean, when 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 we last played, I mean, I've, I've just done a piece with 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 um, with your guys. It was a it was a top six clash when we last when we last um, played you guys. Not quite the same now it's a bit kind of mid-table mid-table for us it's probably a game that Watford are probably looking at and um, probably thinking these are the kind of games that you know you need to be picking up for for a for a playoff push 
Um, but kind of how was how's the last few games gone for you? Obviously, it's been a bit topsy turvy, I think. I think it's two wins in six in the league for you guys. Um, a couple of draws smattered in there as well. It's teams like Rotherham. Um, kind of how's it going on the Watford front? Uh, frustratingly, it's um, it's inconsistency. It's killing us. You know, you you can't be. You know, any time we come down, we're always one of the teams that are you know sort of looked at to go straight back up. As I'm sure that would have happened with Reading in in previous years as well. So you guys will know full well how it's how it feels to have that pressure on you as well. And it, it's just been too inconsistent. I, I, I look at our so it was a little bit different but you know the, the consistency was there last time round and it's just been frustrating I, I said to you on my podcast we we've dropped too many points against teams that we I don't want to sound disrespectful but we shouldn't be dropping points to this season we've picked up two points against Rotherham We've not picked up any points against Swansea in the two games. You know, Blackpool, we've only picked up three points against them. They battered us at Bloomfield Road. So it's frustrating. You know, we we might go and get a win one game and think, OK, yeah, we look good. And then the next game, it'll just throw it all away and we'll look crap again. And you sort of question what what's going on. Obviously, the injury front doesn't help, but it is so frustrating this season because we cannot seem to string a decent run of results together. I mean, how we're up there, when you look at that and when you think of that, it's quite simply astonishing. It might highlight the, the lack of quality in the league other than the top two, obviously. But it's uh, it's it's been an infuriating season, to say the least. I can sense that infuriation with your little summary there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, kind of looking looking at it from the outside. I mean, you always look at the relegated Premier League teams as you know the ones that you know you expect to go 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 straight back up. Um, but I mean, one thing you touched upon there, which has kind of been a real thorn in the side of Watford all through the season, or certainly of late anyway, is the injuries. When we played you in the cup, I think it was about sixteen or fifteen odd injuries. You know, you had so many injuries. You had a club statement on the injury situation, which isn't you don't see every day. Um, but kind of, I think you've still got Pedro out, um, which I mean will be good news for Reading fans. Um, someone who would be known to Reading fans as well, Tom Deli Bashiru. How's it looking on the injury front though, as well for you guys? Uh, not great. Um, it's. It, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if there's some sort of curse on the club or what. It's the hamstring injuries recently have absolutely killed us. I mean, at one stage, I think the injury list was up to 18 people. 18. And we're not talking like reserves or youth player. We're talking first team players. You know, you said there, no Tom Deli Bashiru, no Tom Cleverley, no Dan Gosling. Um, Jao Pedro, Imran Luza, Samuel Kalou, Edo Kayembe. Big players. Um, Pakuna's only just come back, you know, from from injury as well. And it's uh, it's tough when you dealt with that. You know, we've brought a few reinforcements through the door in January, so hopefully that will help bolster the squad depth a little bit. But it doesn't help at all. And you know, the the, the players that we're missing are key. Jao Pedro, not having Jao Pedro. 
you know, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Watford fan, but I think he's the best player in the league. Um, and, you know, to, to be missing someone like that, sometimes, you know, having like Pedro in your squad can win your games on its own. So it's it's a massive blow. And, you know, you, the, the only hope that we have is when these all start to come back, we were told yesterday by our um, local uh, journalist that uh, Pedro and Loser uh, are actually on the grass training again. So when these players all come back, we're gonna have we're gonna have one hell of a squad, and that might just be enough to make that final push for the playoffs, and you know, go on a bit of a run as Reading fans know all about. You know, you you went on that run when you was outside the playoffs and ended up winning the playoffs. So it's all about momentum and timing it right. And if we can sort of time it with these players coming back, who knows? You know, we we may just get lucky because the the playoffs, as we all know, is an absolute lottery. Yeah, um, and we didn't actually win the playoffs that season. We won the we, that was the season we won the championship. Um, never won the playoffs. No, we, we we only have bad memories of playoffs. Um, so yeah, that 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 they're memories we don't want to remember. Really, playoffs. I think we've been in eight or nine of them, um, with four I think finals. Won none of them. It's not a happy hunting ground. Not a happy hunting ground. Um, but but no, it's it's kind of. I mean, you mentioned it. The the tightness of the league. All you need is is a few results. And I mean, I'm sure once those players come back, you know, it's 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 probably like I say, a bit music to Reading's ears that you know the likes of Pedro and that are out injured. Because I mean, I probably agree with you on you know the quality of player he is. I mean, I, I think he scored in the return or the the previous fixture. I think for you guys as well, you know, and um, he's a player that. He can score from anywhere. He can score from six yards. He can score from the edge of the box. He can score penalties. You know, he's got tricks in him, bit of pace. You know, he's what you want as a championship striker, right? Yeah, he, he got both goals in the, the tuna win at Vicarage Road. Um, and I think he injured Lumley as well that game. He, uh, he stepped on his Yes, he did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bazanis yeah, came on. Yeah, Lumley, uh, Lumley had to come off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he's he's absolutely quality. I remember when he come in, you know, sort of saw him the season we went down in nineteen twenty season. Um, that next season, the championship in the lockdown, um, he, he put on. I, I can't remember how many kilo he put on, but it was all muscle, obviously. Um, and it, it's it's not like when I put on kilograms, I, I, I don't get applauded for it, unfortunately. But he uh, he did it in the right way, and uh, you could tell that he was sort of getting ready for the physical battle of the championship. And he did brilliantly. Uh, and then Premier League football last season, we, we don't want to talk about that because that was probably one of the worst seasons of football I've ever seen in my years of supporting Watford. And I've been watching us now for 20-odd years. So, um, And then this season, he's hit the ground running. You know, I, I can't remember what game. I think it was the Middlesbrough game at home. We won 2-1. And Saar and Bio scored. And João Pedro didn't score, but he literally did everything that game other than put the ball in the back of the net. It was like he was on a different level to all the other players. The, the stuff that he was doing was quite honestly remarkable. And you sort of, you, you just sit back and take it in because you don't get many players like that at your club. For, um, at, you know, obviously Newcastle come in for him. Um, luckily, we we managed to to time down to a new contract. Uh, he, he didn't go. I would imagine there was some sort of 
um, agreement in there that if anything, if anyone was to come in again, or there, there might have been a release clause inserted, I, I don't know the full ins and outs, but to tie him down to a long contract as well was brilliant. And I firmly believe he enjoys it at Watford. You know, he he, he made such a, a close connection with Aurelio Gomez, who obviously been of a legend in Brazil as well. Um, you know, Richarlison come from Fluminense to Watford. We've had um, a, a guy who's come through recently, Matthias Martins, Fluminense, same club as Pedro and Richarlison. So, you know, high hopes for him as well. But Pedro is, is different gravy. One of the, the most talented I've seen in a Watford shirt in my in my Watford supporting years. Yeah. So big miss, big miss at the weekend that, you know, you guys be be missing him. Who who will probably be coming in for him? Yeah. It, it, I, who's probably the player coming in? Would it be Davis or? Yeah. Um, I would imagine Davis will play. Um, he may well go with two up top, Davis and Arohu, who's coming from Benfica. Um, you know, brilliant signing for us. You could tell we only saw him for a few minutes against Middlesbrough, but in those few minutes, you could tell he's a real exciting player and someone that just wants to get on the ball and, you know, real trickery, fast feet, everything you want for uh, a striker. Um, Davies didn't do much against Middlesbrough. I, I mean, when he first came in, I wasn't expecting him to, to be your man to get your 10, 15 goals a season. He He will you know, chip in with the odd few, but ultimately he will be there. He's your target man. He'll play in your wingers, your number 10. He, he will look to distribute the ball more than score, which is a bit crazy when 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 you're talking about a striker. But yeah, I think he will go with, I, I hope he goes with Arohu, but I think there could be a system where Davis and Arohu could both play together. Is is Arohu then? Is he um, a bit of a nimble number ten? Does he like to play with flick ons? Because obviously with Keenan Davis, with you know big, powerful, strong, you know he's a, he's he's going to be a handful. He's going to win flick ons, etc. Is is he kind of the player that could could well thrive off a Davis next to him? Yeah, possibly. And you know we we only signed him uh, sort of uh, well. It was in time for last week's game against Middlesbrough. Um, so it, it's hard to say because he, I think he come on uh, and Davis was already off. So how those two work together remains to be seen for us. But I think definitely he could benefit from that. You know, um, to talk about Arohu for a minute, he he come in from Benfica and uh, Benfica fans were in the comments, you know, saying look after him and everything. And, you know, there was even, you know, Benfica fans that were sort of disappointed that he didn't stay at the club and, you know, try and make a break for that 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 sort of role position that, uh, as a striker. And uh, uh, listen, everyone gets you know a player through on loan who's exciting and he's tipped for big things. But they genuinely believe that this guy will be the new number nine for Portugal uh, in years to come. So you know, when he's when when you get a player through the door that's labelled like that, you you you're just like you've got to appreciate it and you've just got to sit back and and be wowed. But I, I think he could definitely. You know, benefit from playing with a striker like Davis, like you say, hustles and bustles, wins flick-ons, and a row who could be that perfect man. A bit like we saw with Matty Vidra and Troy Deeney in the, in the same respect of Deeney was your big man that would win it and scrap and do all the dirty work. And uh, I know we spoke about Vidra on my podcast a minute ago. He's not fondly remembered his time in Berkshire. Not overly. He, uh, <laughs> he, he was that, that nimble, fast man and would play on the last man and... and feed off Troy's scraps and he would often 
you know, one-on-ones, you'd bank him on scoring for, for us at least anyway. Um, so, yeah, I hopefully Arohu and, and Davis can strike up a similar partnership. Yeah, and um, I mean, whenever, like, like I say, whenever you get a player in from a big club, it's always exciting. I mean, we, we've just signed, I, I think his name is Kassir Kaz, Kazadi. I, I butchered his name. I know I have. I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce it again, but an Italian from Chelsea. He's supposed to be quite good. Um, yeah, all, all of all of the Chelsea fans are tipping him as the next next hot topic for um, of Italian football. He's one of these wonder kids, you know. And I mean, every every fan gets excited. I mean, he's not played any professional football yet, so you know, I guess jury's out until you actually see him on the pitch on how good he is, how quickly he will adapt to to uh, championship football and if he can make that step but it's it's always exciting you know as as fans you want to see signings like that and you know hopefully you know he can he, he can uh, obviously excite some Watford fans hopefully not this weekend but um, every other weekend but this weekend hopefully he does well <laughs> so kind of obviously coming coming away from home as well um, we've noted um, topsy-turvy form but away from home not done too badly and obviously reading i think we sit uh i think it's sixth in the home table with watford sat seventh in the away table it's one of those clashes where it's just like home against away form our overall form is probably slightly less i mean has there been an indifference for you guys away from home no well i i um i found that out when we recorded my podcast um with, with yourself not long ago and it surprised me because every time i i'd seem to remember us playing away i mean funnily enough i was at the last away win uh, against norwich on the 2nd of jan but every time that i seem to remember us playing away we, we've been poor like i'm much i am much more confident if we're at home uh, playing against anyone in the league than I am away. And that's been the case for a, a, a few seasons now. Um, I mean, uh, even the season that we got promoted in lockdown, our away form at one stage under, um, under uh, I can't remember his name now, um, Vladimir Ivic, um, he, it was it was horrendous. Like, even the teams in the bottom three were, you know, scoring more away from home and, Picking up more points, we we were we weren't great away from home, so it's been the problem for a, a couple of seasons now. But as you say, you know we're seventh in in the away form table. Again, does that maybe highlight the lack of quality in the league this season? Possibly, but um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to expect from this one. I, you know, it could very easily be one of those where we we just cancel each other out and it's a draw. Whether it's a score draw, I don't know. But like I said to you on my podcast, and uh, I mean this with no disrespect to Reading, we, we need to be coming to the Badeski and picking up three points. It, it's That is the bottom line. If, if we're serious about playoffs and we're serious about putting a run together, we need to be picking up points on Saturday. It is as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, any any team chasing playoffs, I think, you know, we'll be looking at that and you look at, I mean, we discussed it, teams you've dropped points against anyway, Rotherham twice, I think you've dropped points against, Swansea you dropped points against, you know, it's, like, I, I think um, uh, Billet should be getting you in for the for the team talk on Saturday. Um, I'm sure you'd be able to roll them up for a, for a uh, an afternoon at the Medeski. So, um, so, so, yeah, kind of just, just getting to a point where we'll probably wrap it up for this week. Um, We've talked about obviously some some players to look out for. If you're going to pick one player, 
for, for Reading fans to keep mm. an eye on this weekend. Who are you picking? Uh, I would probably pick uh, Arohu, and that's quite brave of me to do so because I only saw him for 10 minutes against Middlesbrough, or it certainly felt like only 10 minutes. But like I say, in that limited amount of time, what I saw, I thought, wow, this guy's going to be good. Give him, a, give him more minutes on the pitch and he, he will churn out chances. He will score goals. So I would probably say Arohu. Um, it'd be quite interesting as well to see if our new central defender, Ryan Porteous from Hibernian plays. Uh, me personally, I would stick him centre-back with Craig Cathcart. Uh, you know, Porteous, real shithouse on the pitch. He calls it pitch personality, which I think is great. You know, not afraid to get his head stuck in places. You know, put his head into challenges, dive into challenges. Proper old school centre back from what we've heard from Hibernian fans, and we've spoken on our podcast to Hibernian podcast as well. And you know, all glowing reviews. So um, I, I would probably say those two, Arohu and Ryan Porteous, providing they play, obviously. Yeah, Arohu, I think number twenty-one for you guys. Squad number, uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Number 21. So keep an eye out for him. He'll probably be playing up top. Um, Reading defenders of Paul Lintz, if you're listening, mark the shit out of him. He's a dangerous player. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of wrapping it up then with a score prediction, Mike. Um, I know we kind of went over this on your podcast, so um, I'm not sure if you're going to go for a different one. But um, yeah, what 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 is your score prediction? No, do you know what? I'm going to stick by my guns. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to be ballsy. I'm going to, I'm going to say two one to Watford. Like I said to you, I think it's one of these games where we need to pick up the points. And I know you boys are strong at home this season, and you'll probably be looking at us thinking, "Look, they're topsy turvy. The form is. Let's go out and get get another win." Obviously, you'll have that added confidence to the win in the FA Cup game as well. So, but I, I just think that. You know, Billich needs to deliver a few rockets after the, the performance against Middlesbrough. They, they completely outclassed us. Defensively, it was calamitous. And, um, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, we've had a week since that game. Going to it, fresh, new players, hopefully a few new players play as well. And, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1, 2-1 uh, uh, Watford win can't come on another podcast and predict and predict a loss for your team so i'm completely with you on that <laughs> one um i mean for me I, I i'm sticking with what i said i think on yours um uh, as people know i'm not i'm a bit of a pessimistic reading fan at the moment um and i think a one one draw yes you know i'm sure reading fans you know no no one likes to not win at home everyone loves winning at home of course they do but um but yeah i think a draw a draw against the team fifth in the table, you know, when you sat 16th, I don't think would be a bad result personally. So, so yeah, give me, give me a one, one, or maybe an exciting two, two, just no last minute equalizers, unless it's in Reading's favor, please. Um, because yeah, nobody <laughs> likes them. So, um, if you're on the other end of them, <laughs> so, um, we will wrap it up there for this week. Um, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining us again. Um, obviously it's a pleasure speaking to you first time around a pleasure speaking to, um, to you guys again, voice of the Vic podcast. Obviously, if you want to get a bit of, um, Watford knowledge, go and give them a listen. Um, and, um, yeah, we will be back with a post-match podcast, um, obviously reviewing the Watford game, hopefully three points, Fingers crossed we can get back to winning ways at the Medeski, but we will be back then um, with the usual gang um, reviewing that game. So have a wonderful game and we will catch you after it for the post-match preview.